Good evening and welcome to another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shopdahl, at C70. With me, as always, David Jones, IPOP editor, who is coming to us in, well, not really in the middle of the ravages of COVID, but maybe on the other end of them. So, um, David, I would ask how you're doing. I know it's not as good as it usually is, but it's got to be better than it was. It is. I mean, I'm here and I, I can kind of talk. So, uh, um, it knocked me down a little bit, but you know, they had me in the first half, but I'm back going strong now. Let's, let's get the season going. What, what is it? Danny Mac says, knock it down, knock you down, get up, take a trot, something. I don't know. That was that Rebello home run call that he had. That was maybe a slightly bit over the top, but you know, that's, that's Danny Mac for you anyway. Uh, but yes, we're glad you're here because nobody wants to hear me for 30 minutes. That's very, very bad. And we have a little bit to talk about. This is probably the last show we'll do before spring training starts. And it really feels like now the Cardinals have their roster, right? We've always been talking about, is there another move that they're going to make? Are they going to get another piece here or there? And with the sign of Kenyon Middleton, it really feels like you can put, you know, close the book on the off season and, and get ready for 2024. Yeah, I think for the last oh three weeks or so, we've just kind of been waiting to see what this final move would be. I, I know we've all held out hope that something crazy would happen and there'd be a trade for Dylan C's or they'd sign Jordan Montgomery or something like that. But I think those of us who have been realistic have known that it really was going to come down to just a move for maybe one more reliever. And we weren't even sure on that. I think you and I have gone back and forth a couple times on whether we thought that was actually going to happen. Well, finally did. Um, Got to give some credit to Greg Amzinger because I had not heard Middleton's name mentioned with the Cardinals until it happened. And that morning, Greg, Greg Amzinger on radio mentioned Middleton as one of three guys he thought the Cardinals might sign later that day. It happens. And so, yeah, it does feel like we are finally at the point where we know where this final roster is going to be. I, I really can't see any type of moves happening outside of injuries, I think this is where we are unless we just totally get surprised and shocked. And if that happens, I think another podcast is coming. Well, that's true. But if that happens, we don't know this front office very well. Um, and that's – they've been pretty adamant that they've gotten everything they wanted. I really – you're right. I was not expecting another – I thought they had enough arms out there. Um they were starting to run at a room and out in the bullpen. And, and while more, you know, established arms are great, it's a bullpen. You just never know what's going to happen anyway. But they did go out and sign Middleton, which seems to be like, like most said, I guess, this week that they thought the, the reliever market is moving. It seems to be the case, right? Three or, all three of those guys, I think, name is your mentioned, um, have signed either yesterday or today, right? Um, they all seem to have gotten off the board, and and now there's really not much left in the in bullpen pieces. I don't think, uh, unless I'm th- missing somebody really obvious. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. And in some ways, it felt like the Cardinals were the first ones to make that move. Um, they weren't, of course, they weren't in on hater or closers or things like that. But when it came to these middle relief guys, and who was left. It seems like the Cardinals struck first, and then we saw the Dodgers, the Rays kind of follow in. Now, I don't know if maybe one of those moves had kind of already happened, and inside the industry people knew it, and the Cardinals were reacting to it. But at least from the timeline that we know, it seems like the Cardinals were the ones that made that first move. And 
that's led us to where we are. And you look around in the reliever market, and there's really not a lot left. You look at some other markets like starting pitching, center field, things like that, and there's some mm-hmm. superstars there. But as far as what the Cardinals were trying to do, they jumped in, they did it, and they got out. I mean, and the Cardinals don't need a starting pitcher or a center fielder, so it's, it's okay. I mean, huh. it's no, no, no big deal if they're not going to be getting involved with those kind of situations. Um, so, yeah, let's let's talk about, you know, we saw Middleton sign, and then today we see Domaiton, which is a guy that has been linked to the Cardinals a number of times, a guy from the St. Louis area, um, a guy that you would think, although obviously you don't know, but given how this this winter has gone, uh, would be interested in playing with St. Louis, right? Close to home, all that kind of stuff. And the Cardinals go with Milton, pay a little bit more. Uh, were you surprised they went that direction? And is that the choice that you would make? I was a little surprised to see that they did that when Matan was still out there. Uh, Matan felt, feels a little bit more like their type of guy. Um, he's, I would say his... He's a little more high floor, low ceiling. You kind of know what you're going to get. He's been pretty consistent the last few years. So I really felt like that was the guy. And like you mentioned, him kind of having St. Louis connections, everything really pointed to that being a strong possibility. Middleton, the variance there is much wider. Uh, I see him being a very high ceiling, but also low floor type of guy. He's a guy that last year he put it together and looked really good. But coming into last season, he signed a minor league contract. So the hopes weren't too high for him. And you look at his previous seasons, his numbers weren't very good. So this is a guy that's really only had one strong season. Now you look at that season and go, okay, was there something different that went here? And we can, I guess, talk about that later and how he went to his changeup a little more than his fastball. So he was a different pitcher. But it, it did surprise me a little bit that the Cardinals went for somebody who a little more of a risk, but has more of that upside. It does fit what they've been trying to do with the bullpen to get somebody who's going to be more of a strikeout pitcher. And so he may be a type of guy that will get them out of jams at certain times because of that good stuff. But he's also a guy who might drive the fan base crazy at times because he has the capability of walking the first two guys he faces and you suddenly feel like, okay, here we go again. uh, And you hope he can get out of it. So yeah, I was a little bit surprised that that happened. Um, I'm optimistic about his stuff because he does have really good stuff and he seemed to put it together last year. But yeah, it, it, to me, it doesn't feel as much of a Cardinal move as I expected with who was left. Well, and then, you know, him and Lance Lynn, if you can, when you get the chance to take people off the 2023 uh, Chicago White Sox, then I don't think you can miss out on those opportunities as, as well as they did. Um, yeah, I think you're, you're, you know, you're probably right. Is they, they were so focused on strikeouts in this bullpen and they, you know, it's really interesting how they've constructed this bullpen, isn't it? I mean, we have the holdovers, you have the Helsleys and the Gallegos and, you know, even people like you know, Romero, King, a couple of those guys are probably going to have a pretty good spot in the bullpen. But, you know, you've got a rule five guy, you've got trade guys, you've got minor league trade guys, you've got minor league free agents, and now you've got a major league signing. They really kind of went in, and cast their net far enough afield that they went in so many different directions trying to put together a bullpen that, you know, depending on what you argue, how you argue about last year, might have been more overtaxed than anything else. It really feels like they they saw a, a need that they really need to fill, and they went out and did it. 
Yeah, well, what's interesting about this is they've really put together a modern day bullpen. And what I mean by that is they've put together a bullpen that is set for a team for a pitching staff that may only go five, six innings max. And that's really where baseball is these days. Um, So they've got not only the big league club, but they've got so many relievers right now. I think they have quantity and quality here. And there are so many relievers that they may be firing up that shuttle between St. Louis and Memphis and having guys just kind of pour through. That's kind of what Bloom did when he was with Tampa Bay. And we may see that a lot more with the Cardinals. Now, the ironic thing to that is, although they've put together a modern day bullpen that's ready to go extra innings with the rotation, they purposely set out to find guys who could throw innings and go deep into games. So this bullpen is actually set up pretty well for a guy like a Snell to come in and maybe only throw five to six innings, even though you'd love to have your starter go longer. Um, But the Cardinals went out and they found starters that they hope can go deep into games, but then they've also replenished the bullpen. And so it's kind of just a little bit ironic in how they folk, at least what their criteria was for the rotation other than wanting to be there. Um, And then also what they did with the bullpen. Now I love the bullpen makeover. I think this could be good right now. You just got to hope that they actually can get to the bullpen with a lead in hand. Yeah. And I mean, there's going to be, I think we know there's going to be days where some of those guys in the rotation aren't going the way that they, you know, they're not going to go the five innings or six. They're going to get blown out of the water or whatever, but at least you've got enough arms out there that you don't feel like you have to throw a a guy egos in a game. That's you're down by two or three runs or something like that to keep it close. You've got guys that, that can do that, can keep it close and hope that this offense can pull something out late. Um, I think it's very intriguing. I think you you look at the Josh James signing, which again is a minor league deal that does not, he's not on the 40 man. So if he has this good spring, that's going to take another, you know, uh, maneuvering, but um, you know, stuff like that is just, it's interesting to see the Cardinals going after that instead of a whole lot of rejects and 30 year olds and the TJ McFarlane's of the world, which granted TJ had a good first year here, but still that kind of, that kind of pitcher is what they've usually gone after. And they really, like you said, it's, they've kind of stepped up. They haven't necessarily stepped up in, in a lot of other ways, but they kind of feel like they're catching up with the game in the bullpen in this situation. Yeah. And if the roster is, or excuse me, if the rotation is old, you've kind of got the opposite thing with a bullpen. And with the bullpen, that's typically how you want to go. Uh, it, it seems like relievers are kind of like running backs in the NFL where they've kind of got a, a short shelf life and you run them into the ground. And after that, you really can't use them for much anymore. I kind of feel like we saw that with what Mike Schilt did to Cabrera a little bit and Gallegos and Reyes, that he basically just kept going back to the well with those three and ran their arms into the ground where they couldn't do much. And so that seems to kind of be what teams are doing these days. Um, Every once in a while, yeah, you'll have one of those guys who makes it to 34, 35 and is still throwing pretty strong. But for the most part, once guys are getting past 31, 32, they're just not the same type of reliever, really starter either. Um, And so bringing some youth in, I think, is definitely on the Cardinal side. You do hope there's a couple guys down there that can kind of be the vet that they need to lead the bullpen. Um, And from some of the things I've heard, maybe that actually is Middleton. Uh, But yeah, um, it's it's so much turnover. It's going to be interesting to see how they utilize these guys this season. It's funny you picked that, you know, kind of that range of ages and then, 
maybe the biggest <clears throat> addition that they had this off season was Andrew Kittredge, who is going to about to be turned 34. So um, there is some age out there, um, but you're right. There's a lot <laughs> compared to any, the other side of the pulpit or the rotation, it's a lot younger than that. And then of course the, the, the lineup is young except for the, the cornerstones. So average age on the team is, is not necessarily telling of what this team actually is. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, you don't have you don't have it much anymore where you've got like a guy like Arthur Rhodes at 41 years old mm-hmm. coming in, coming out of the Cardinals bullpen. Um, you know, even you, the Andrew Miller types are kind of disappearing as well. Um, Arthur Rhodes may still be able to go um, a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals signed him, too. Um, he's only 54. But um, yeah, uh, it, you know, Kittredge being the old man down there who's, you know, turning 34 soon kind of makes me feel like a grandpa. So I'm, I'm kind of loving that. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you scroll through the date of births of some of these players right now. And I'm just like, okay, that's, um, you've got guys that are actually born in the 2000s that are on the 40 man. Um, all right, I'm going to go rub myself down with, um, Ben Gay and go to sleep. Yeah. Hey, it could be worse, you know. My son is 19, and there are 19-year-old players in the major leagues. So, uh, you know, I'm literally old enough to be some fathers. So that's that <laughs> is is depressing right there. So, um, yeah, it's so now that we've got the we've got the book on this team, and again, spring training is going to bring something, right? We've I, I've written a couple of times on the Substack already, guessing rosters. We know that there are going to be you know there's going to be injuries. There's going to be probably Taylor Motter is going to come out of nowhere and, and get a roster <laughs> spot. I don't know how, but you know, uh, there's always going to be something that's, that's different. Even, you know, you know, that some of these guys in the bullpen are going to be competing for a spot because they have options left. And, you know, you've got a Nick Robertson who we've, you know, the Cardinals traded for this, this winter, and there's a really strong chance that he'll start at Memphis, but again, a good spring and maybe they take him North. Um, we kind of feel like we know what this team looks like, at least going into to April right now. Um, is it changing anything? Are we still in that 85, 86 wins thing? Or are you feeling a little bit more optimistic than that? If I'm optimistic, it has a little tiny bit to do like a sliver with, you know, a signing like Middleton and a whole lot more to do with Corbin Burns being out of the <laughs> NL Central now. Um, that, you know, that some of the biggest Cardinal news of the offseason right there is that they don't have to face him or Woodruff this season. Yep. Uh, so that's probably where my optimism comes from. It, it, you know, this team is better. It, it really is better. Um, it, I don't know if I want to use the word significantly better because I don't know if they're quite there, but they are better. What I'm still hesitant about is the Cubs because there is still time for the Cubs to do something outlandish and crazy. Maybe it's, they bring back Bellinger. Maybe they grab one of these starters. that's out there. Maybe they trade for a starter. I I just don't know what they're going to do. We expected them. Well, it started off. We expected them not to do much. And then they brought council in and that kind of changed everything. Like, wow, they're really going for it. And they sort of have, but it's just kind of like, eh, and so, yeah, a lot depends on them. I Now, I think the Reds are going to be pretty good this year. Mm-hmm. And I think, depending on what the Cubs do, I think the Reds could be the biggest competition for the Cardinals. But, yeah, I, right now, yes, I'd still say I think they're a an 85-win team. But if the Cubs make some 
bigger moves before the offseason ends, then the Cardinals may be an 85 man team that's trying to get into a wild card spot. It's still, <clears throat> I mean, you're right. The Cubs could do stuff, but, you know, they still haven't really replaced Bellinger. So even if they bring Bellinger back and you assume that he's going to hit what he did last year, which is also iffy, um, you know, they still haven't necessarily taken a step forward. Um, you know, they brought Imanaga in and things of that nature. So I agree with you and they very well could make another move, but they may almost have to make some sort of move just to kind of stay put to where they were last year. Um, I do think you're right. I think the Reds are going to be um, quite the, quite the pain in the side uh, of the Cardinals this year because of the young pitching they have and you know, young talent all the way around. Um, so that's, that should be fun. And, you know, Pittsburgh is, is Pittsburgh. Um, it does feel like Milwaukee is going to be kind of like it's already started the rebuild on that, which is kind of fascinating to see too, isn't it? I mean, do you think that and a little bit of a, a tangent, but do you think if Woodruff was healthy this year, they would have tried to make that one more push or would they have gone ahead and tried to trade Burns anyway, because of the value he had with one year left? I think they would have tried to make that push until they got to the trade deadline. I think if they were in it, then they go ahead and go for it. I think if they were kind of fading or sitting out of it, then they make those trades then. But I don't think they unload this team or at least unload Burns this early if Woodruff is still around. Now, I got to say the Hoskins signing is very odd right now. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're going to trade Burns and you got to think that they're in those discussions before they signed Hoskins. Why in the world are they signing Hoskins to a deal? It, it just makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, I, I think if Woodruff is still around, who is actually still out there, oddly enough, um, I, I don't think there's any chance they're making those moves now unless they just get blown away. I think they, they're waiting a little bit to see what happens and at least going for it. Yeah, and Woodruff doesn't have any... <clears throat> there's no impetus for him to sign, being that he's going to be out the gear. Um, or at least most of the year. So he could sign after the season started and probably not really miss much, especially when you think about the fact that Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell and others are still on the, uh, on the market. So um, I don't know. It, it, I mean, the NL Central should be competitive. It may not be good, but it could be competitive. And I guess that's something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, yeah. With the way the schedule is now, um, it, you know I feel a whole lot better if the Cardinals could just beat up on the rest of the Central this season, mm-hmm. but they don't get that luxury, and I think that's why it could be tough to even hit 85 games. And so uh, we may have a race, but it may be an ugly race for what's going to happen in the Central this year. Um, yeah, of course, you know, that means that when the Cardinals beat the 117-win Dodgers in the First round, that's just even better. I mean, oh sure, yeah, of course. That's what, that's what you really want it when you think about. It. That's what the Cardinals are looking for, right? They're looking for that that great underdog story in the postseason. Um, so that's one reason they don't go out and get you know make a hundred <laughs> wins. Uh, that just didn't sell as well. Um, and they're and they're really happy that the Dodgers are now have taken over the uh, most hated team role <laughs> that the Cardinals had there for a while. So. Maybe that's part of it as well. And they're not losing that anytime soon. No, not likely. Um, you know, Dodgers always, I mean, if you were ever going to rank the top, you know, three to five teams that most baseball fans didn't like, the Yankees and the Dodgers were always going to be in that list no matter. But when you go out and spend a billion dollars in one offseason, 
that's going to add add a little bit to that into that hatred i think so that sounded like an exaggeration when you said that like when you go out and spend a billion dollars like somebody would just say like when you go out and spend a zillion dollars but like they literally spent a billion dollars like that's just mind-blowing and to be fair they committed to a billion dollars they didn't actually spend it it you know and it's going to be out for the our lifetimes i think is how long Shoghani gets paid i don't remember but anyway um so yeah i mean it's going to be interesting where you know the cardinals sent the truck down to jupiter started down there today i don't you know that's got to be an interesting thing right i mean can you just imagine just driving on the you know the interstate and seeing the trucks go by uh if you're you know maybe they're coming through nashville i mean uh, maybe you need to keep an eye out and you know uh see if you can uh hitch a ride down to spring training well, if they're coming through Nashville, they won't be there till Friday, thanks to our traffic. So hopefully not. Um, well, I mean, the good thing about your traffic is they're going to be stopped somewhere on the road. <laughs> so you can just jump right in the truck. Yeah, probably from potholes too. Yeah, that's what's going to be going on. Uh, blew up, blowing a couple tires on the way down. Uh, that would be very interesting to pull into a gas station and see that truck there. I, I'd be trying to see if I could make some type of trade to at least get on the truck, take some pictures. I doubt that they could give me a Jersey or a glove or anything like that, no. but Hey, I would do what I could. No, no, I, uh, it would be interesting, but, uh, they get down, get down there in the next day or so and set up camp and, you know, next week everybody shows up. Um, you know, I think there's some people down there already. Uh, there'll be some people going after there's some event, I think next weekend, I don't remember what it is, but there's something that goes on and then they were going to go probably head out down to Florida after it. Um, so we'll start seeing, you know, pictures and, um, video and John Denton making some sort of comments about random things, uh, here pretty soon. And we're going to find out who was in the best shape of their life. I can't wait to hear that. We get to hear who gained the 40 pounds of muscle in the last two weeks. Well, now to be fair, I think we're getting those already because, you know, we've got that article of Alec Burleson out there, right? That, um, <laughs> has talked about how the coaching staff basically told him, you're not good enough. Uh, we don't trust you in the outfield and you have to do a lot of work. And he did a lot of work this off season. He's apparently, you know, spent a lot of time uh, in the, in the field. He's trimmed down a bit. I believe he's at least, you know, he's, he feels in good shape, all, all that. So you know, and again, a young guy like that, I think it's very possible that we're going to see some things. I mean, those are going to make some some changes, but uh, I think that's our first best shape of our li- of their life uh, story for the years, and we'll see how many more there are. Yeah, well, I'm also a little confused because Alec Burleson was listed at six two two twelve last year, uh, and apparently that's what he played at six two two twelve. Now Nolan Arenado is listed at six two two fifteen. Please tell me which of those players looks to be that weight and which one doesn't, because there ain't no way Alec Burleson was playing at 212. Um, Unless that dude has no muscle mass whatsoever, there is no way he was playing at 212. And the word is that he lost like 12 pounds this offseason to play the outfield a little bit better. Um, There's just no way. Nolan Gorman's listed at 210. You going to tell me there's only a two pound difference between Nolan Gorman and Alec Burleson? No, I don't think so. So it's it's always interesting seeing what guys are listed as because it's not exactly like they stepped on a scale and those numbers went exactly on the team website. There's, you know, sometimes it's kind of like the driver's license photo for people. You give your weight of what you weighed 15 years ago, not today. 
Um, but yeah, it will be interesting to hear because last year, the big story, I think, was like Dylan Carlson had put on like 15 pounds of muscle or something like that. Um, but there's always going to be those stories. You know, you, you would hear stuff about Tyler O'Neill decided not to lift weights as much <laughs> and did more yoga. And yep. we hear about Matt Adams and his Pilates and stuff like that. So it's that stuff. All we kind of it just kind of makes me laugh. Um, you never hear him say that this guy came into camp looking the worst he's ever looked with a cigarette in his mouth. Um, <laughs> maybe back in the 80s, but that's yeah. not happening anymore. Yeah, back in the you know 80s and before when they actually used spring training to get into shape versus you know, spending all winter working out and doing things. Um, and there's, there's a definite difference in the body types. You look at those old ladies, baseball cards. It, it literally <laughs> looks like, you know, some 150 pound accountant went out there and was throwing, uh, well, I think that was Greg Maddox, but, um, <laughs> you know, I think that, uh, you see that you see the significant difference when you go looking at those old cards. Those, I mean, back then, back then baseball players looked, relatable right now they look like athletes true yeah they were also taking greenies during the season right. too I mean, to keep themselves going and um yeah lots of hot dogs and it's it's fascinating reading books like ball four that really kind of laid out a season back many many years ago decades ago way before we were born of course um but just hearing how the difference in lifestyle um you know guys it would it, it's funny because there was that period where guys wouldn't even lift weights because they were afraid that it would slow down their swing or make them too stiff. And yet then you go back even before then and you find out like guys like Ted Williams were all about lifting weights and pull-ups and push-ups and anything that could make him stronger. And so you had like the greatest hitters of all time who were, yeah, I'm all about lifting weights and getting stronger. And then we went through that period where guys were just like, eh, I might as well look like Babe Ruth. And, and, and so now it's kind of come full circle and we're back to the days of let's see if I can get yeah. as strong as I can. But yeah, it's yeah. really funny how that works. Yeah. Um, sports in general, but baseball again, is a, is a weird game at times. So, um, but yeah, we'll get a, a lot of that. We'll get a chance to see some of these people. Right. I mean, I think Jeff Jones pointed out that 15 of the 40 band spots uh, turned over this winter, which we had talked about a lot, right. We talked about that there was going to be a lot of churn, and there was, and so there, we're going to see a lot of people in a Cardinal uniform for the first time. And then Lance Lynn and Matt Carpenter in the Cardinal uniform for the second time. But, um, you know, that's going to be kind of fun too, to, to, to actually kind of put faces with names or at least, you know, body styles with names and see what these guys look like, um, in, in the Cardinal camp. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I have a, like a binder, um, of Cardinals baseball cards and, I've got a section of current players and then I've got kind of like former players and guys who used to play with the Cardinals. I was flipping through last night and realized I've got to move my Matt Carpenter stuff back to the current players because I had him in the former player section. So it's going to be it's going to be weird, but also very familiar to see him in a Cardinals jersey again. But I'm looking forward to seeing Sonny Gray actually put on that 54 and um, hearing about what it's like with him throwing and what his pitches look like and just even hearing about the guys talking about pitching and talking about the game and things like that and um, finding out which rookies or which prospects take to which veterans and are listening to them. And um, it's one of those things. It's great when baseball gets back, but it also makes you really hungry to actually get into the games. And it seems like it takes forever to actually get to the games that count, but at least it's going, at least we'll eventually have something on TV to watch at some point. Um, and I think the Cardinals farm system is so loaded right now with notable names that 
it's going to be fun to turn on the games. And even if you're not seeing a Nolan Arenado play, you may be seeing a Victor Scott play, or you may be seeing somebody like a Max Rajic pitching. So yeah, there's a lot of things to be excited for. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we look forward to seeing that uh, coming up and uh, we'll be with you. If not next week, then we'll be the week after, after campus actually started. But until then for David, I'm Daniel. Good night.